podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Wednesday the pot of tea is on the go and we're going to take a deep dive into the decade that we bizarrely call the noughties and the football of its time. Welcome to the Noughties Nostalgia Podcast. Today for you, it's the 14 year anniversary of Petacek's skull injury away at Reading in 2006. So we'll be discussing that, but first we've got to talk about the career, the life and times of Jimmy Bullard. And Jimmy Bullard, where do we start but none other than October 1978. He grew up in East Ham in London and was part of the West Ham youth team. He moved from the youth setup and went plummeting down into non-league and ended up playing for Dartford and Gravesend and Northfleet before he returned to West Ham, aged just 20 years of age, for the snip at about £30,000 in the end. He didn't break into the first team and then he signed for Barry Fry's Peterborough in 2001 and then after 18 months at the club, impressing Barry Fry with his speed and his goals, signed for Wigan in 2003 after 18 months at Peterborough. And then by 2005, after being in the team of the year for the second division, which included six months at Peterborough and six months at Wigan, he began on this meteoric rise and was a Premier League footballer by 2005. Of course, we all know the funny bits, the soccer AM gag reel sort of... Um, Scenarios which we've all seen, the leapfrog, I think it was against Everton, and then from in the same game, that that uh, little wry glance at Duncan Ferguson, who, you know, a scary chap by any means, but he just tackled one of their, one of Wigan's players and he's sort of cowering next to him and runs to his teammate to get away from him. That was the, that was the sort of beauty of uh, Jimmy Bullard, the sort of clownsmanship that we um, all grew to love in his, his only season with uh, Wigan in the Premier League, which was... It seems like he was there for a much longer period of time for Wigan, who obviously would get relegated in 2013. But by that point, Bullard was retired. Um, it was a team of Pascal Chimbonda, Leighton Baines, Mike Pollitt, Henri Camera, um, Paul Sharner, etc. You know, Wigan, who pretty much would, were supposed to turn up to the Premier League, get about 10 points, get relegated. But they ended up spending, you know, as I say, eight years in the top flight. And were in the Champions League spots by... You know, November, December time, still in like the hunt. They only lost, apart from the, one of the first games where they got humiliated, they only lost to the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal. You know, teams that were, you know, scrapping for a Premier League title, and they were they were seriously, you know, almost a European team for for some stretches. Obviously, they would be playing European football by virtue of winning the FA Cup in 2013. But by that point, they were in the Championship, and they finished tenth. Uh, Jimmy Bullard played a big part of it, but it would be his only season in the Premier League at Wigan. And in a curious case of, um, I, I, it was quite bizarre really, he, there was rumours of a Germany cap at the 2006 World Cup, obviously hosted by Germany, because his grandmother was German. And that shows how well Jimmy Bullard played throughout that season. He was, what, he was obviously Wigan's, one of Wigan's best players in the centre of the park. And... Only missed two Premier League games in that season, and it would command 
a 2.5 million fee from Fulham, where he would obviously move back home to London. But he wouldn't ever be in the conversation for an England shirt, really. Uh, manager Chris Coleman called the 2.5 million fee a bargain as he scored two goals in his first three games. But unfortunately, Bullard's career sort of like cut, cut in two by that point as he dislocated his knee and suffered cruciate ligament damage in his fourth game for Fulham. And between September 2006, January 2008, he was out with recurring knee injuries. Obviously, you know, a dislocated knee and a ligament damage is going to be out for a long, long time anyway. But he did return. Returned for the second half of Fulham's survival season in 2007-8, where he would score two free kicks in the running, providing a couple of assists. And eventually, you know, Roy Hodgson's Fulham would stay up, and it was the beginning of the road to the Europa League final in 2010. You know, Roy Hodgson was building quite a good team there, but Bullard wouldn't be a part of it. Um, his time would end after he felt unwanted by Fulham, and he, not, he didn't want to run down his contract at a club that didn't really want him, so... Coming into the 2008-9 season, didn't play much for Fulham. And then by the January transfer window, Hull paid a club record five million with Bullard moving back up north on the other side of the uh, on the east coast there in Humberside and re-injured his knee on his debut and spent the remainder of the season out. Hull, of course, had a fantastic start, quite similar to Wiggins in a uh, ironic sort of way, but that start would fizzle out. Not to, They wouldn't finish 10th to the extent of Wigan in 2005-06 and only stayed up on game 38 thanks to results elsewhere as they got beat by Manchester United 1-0. He returned, Bullard returned in October 2009. He scored three goals in two games. The first first two of which came against West Ham United, an old club of his, and then Manchester City, where, of course, he did his famous Phil Brown mimicking celebration, pointing to, got all his teammates around him, pointed him. Of course, that was a scene at the Etihad, or City of Manchester Stadium at the time, where Phil Brown uh, collared all his players for going 4-0 down at the Etihad on Boxing Day 2008, which we've covered previously on the Naughty's Nostalgia podcast, which was probably a big divider for their first season in the Premier League. But Bullard would leave under a cloud. He missed a penalty, a crucial penalty, um, in a game where Hull needed to win to stay up. He got the blame for Hull's on and off the pitch performance, their spiralling financial situation, and obviously in the 2009-10 season they would be relegated. Bullard, though, was courted by Celtic and seemed destined to uh, leave the KCOM. He wasn't given a squad number. He played four four more times for Hull, that's it, and his contract was terminated. But Bullard won a settlement for a wrongful dismissal and eventually saw his playing days out of Ipswich. He managed Leverhead a couple of years ago now, um, shot to fame you know, nationwide for his time on I'm a Celebrity, which is you a know, perfect person for I'm a Celebrity, really eating bugs and, you know, witchy grubs and all that crap, and then became Soccer AM presenter, you know, during his playing days. He spent plenty of time on like the third eyes or the showboats, etc. And you know, again, another perfect role for him, really. And you know, even though Soccer AM's gone a bit downhill since you know the since the heady days of Lovejoy, Chamberlain, etc., um, he's still a perfect fit for it, really. Overall, I'd call him. I'm not using this as a pejorative, but is what I'd call an under the cosh midfielder. So. Could play in his top flight on the day, but there was uh, there's definitely a ceiling, and he's probably pushing it 
his time at Wigan in like middle table Premier League teams, a bit in the EFL, you know, with Peterborough Ipswich, you know, the back end of Hull, maybe too harsh. Um, he was skillful enough, he was fast, he was deadly from set pieces, quite a lot of his goals came from penalties and free kicks. Uh, but he, he was born at the wrong time, really, in terms of the England conversation, because, you know, it, at the time, Engl- England had a glut of players in central midfield, you know, Gerard and Lampard, Owen Hargreaves, Michael Carrick, etc., etc. But he would be called up three times for England, which show, goes to show just how well, you know, he was he was viewed for a time. Um, he got called up for the September 2008 internationals with Andorra and Croatia in World Cup qualification, but unfortunately never won a cap. And I believe he's under it to a point. And maybe if he didn't get those injuries, perhaps that ceiling would have been shattered. He would have been able to play, you know, regular, you know, UEFA Cup slash Europa League football. And obviously his career would have been far more prolonged than and having to retire at Ipswich in 2012 through injury. But unfortunately, career cut short and probably could have, you know, if he'd have gone to Celtic, maybe a resurgence in his career, resurgence in form, you know, he's it might not have been the end of his career up at Celtic, even though, you know, it's a, it's a less robust game up there, perhaps, in a time where Rangers obviously did get relegated, demoted to the fourth tier of Scottish football. And Celtic, you know, alongside Scott Brown, you know, that'd have been like a good cop, bad cop sort of pairing. And it might, it might have, um, maybe that's a what if to cover at a later date. After this, we'll be talking about Petr Cech's skull injury, in which he suffered a fractured skull away at Reading in 2006 in the Premier League. Are you a massive football nerd like me? Do you like quizzes? If you answered yes to the both of these, then I'm pleased to tell you about Teammates, a sponsor of What If Football and the Naughty's Nostalgia podcast. Climb the divisions, win the cups, all by linking teammates. A spring chicken with no knowledge of when football didn't exist before 1992? Try the modern section. Too old and not up to date with your Mbappes or your Camavingas? Try vintage mode. It's a football quiz to suit everybody's needs. At teammates underscore app on Twitter, teammatesapp.co.uk for monthly quizzes and merch, and teammates on the App Store. Look for the red and blue football, teammates. It really is a quiz like no other. Welcome back, and on this day 14 years ago, Petacek's career and life changed um, for the worse when he suffered a fractured skull away at Reading, a life-altering injury. A career-threatening injury, life-threatening injury. But it all began in his native Czech Republic, where he left in 2002 after a time with Sparta Prague, the team's prem- the country's premier football team. He made his national debut in 2002, moving to France and to Rennes. And two years there in a good European Championships under his belt in his first tournament with the Czech Republic, where they, of course, went out to eventual winners Greece in the semi-finals. He earned him, it earned him a move to Chelsea, Chelsea was starting something big under Jose Mourinho, one of Jose Mourinho's first signings at Stamford Bridge. Uh, they'd won two league titles and a league cup, and Czech was established as a top Premier League goalkeeper. They were gunning for three in a row, they'd gone to Reading. A couple of games into the season, Reading had made a fantastic start under Steve Koppel. And just 20 seconds in, Steve Hunt, Stephen Hunt chased a loose ball. His knee clattered into Petr Cech just 20 seconds into the match. And it was a match where Chelsea would ultimately win via an own goal. Uh, they'd have a man sent off and Carlo Cudicini himself would be stretched off. Um, 
John Terry ended up in net and Chelsea would eventually miss out on the league title. Petr Cech spent a long, long time on the shelf as to be expected with a fractured skull, the likes of um, Hilaria and Kudicini did fill in for him in the time being. Cech would obviously play the remainder of his career in a now famous scrum cap and his career went from strength to strength really when obviously at a time where his, it could have gone one or two ways, he could have been retired, he could have quite easily died in the event. But now he's Chelsea's all-time clean sheet record holder with 228 clean sheets, which is phenomenal from 494 games. I put him as their best ever goalkeeper in my Chelsea Friday five-a-side, so if you haven't watched that, check it out. He's also, alongside being Chelsea's record clean sheet holder, he's a record clean sheet holder in the Premier League with 202. In terms of percentages, he's only second to Pepe Reina by... 0.2%, 0.2%, 2 45.6% to 45.8%. So he's definitely up there in the uh, reckoning for greatest Premier League goalkeepers. You know, you had Peter Schmeichel, David Seaman, who dominated proceedings before him, Edwin van der Sar in his move from Fulham to Manchester United, as well as Pepe Reina, where his contemporaries in an era where it's sort of the big four Arsenal were sort of going through the likes of Manuel Almunia, Jens Lehmann of course, Lehmann can't be uh, discounted here, but he didn't spend as much time unlike van der Sar, Reina, Czech Czech obviously would retire in the Premier League, of seeing out the rest of his career at the Premier League uh, through Chelsea and then Arsenal and upon his retirement the likes of Edison Allison, De Gea now are known as the best Premier League goalkeepers but it's, he's definitely in the top five for me in terms of longevity, he's broken plenty of records. You know, he's won it all at Chelsea, Champions League and Europa League back to back in 2012 and 2013. Part of four Premier League winning teams for Chelsea in 05 06. You know, the Carlo Ancelotti double, etc. Four FA Cups, three League Cups. His time at Chelsea was ended when Thibaut Courtois broke through another player. If he'd have stayed at Chelsea and not gone to Real Madrid, might have been in the conversation for, you know, greatest Premier League goalkeepers. Um, Czech would retire at Arsenal and is now back at Chelsea in a backroom role. But And at Arsenal, he's probably used to use his feet more uh, under Unai Emery, playing out from the back is obviously that you know, almost own goal that he scores by passing it into his own net, but people will know him for his shot stopping and just complete command of the penalty area, the Chelsea penalty area. Saved a penalty in a Champions League final penalty shootout in 2008, obviously they didn't win that, but saved plenty in the uh, 2012 final in normal t- in extra time against uh, Ian Robin, and then Obviously, Chelsea's greatest ever moment, the Champions League final win over Bayern Munich in 2012, saved from Bastian Schweinsteiger and an English team beat a German team on penalties. You know, who'd have thought it? Um, Czech, I'd probably put him just behind Schmeichel. I'd put him in number two in terms of the greatest ever Premier League goalkeepers for me. He's won more Premier Leagues than David Seaman. On a par with Van der Sar in terms of Premier League titles won, but his clean sheets, his clean sheet rate is just phenomenal. And in terms of returning from a big injury like a fractured skull, I'd say he's done it better than anybody in Premier League history. You know, he had Roy Keane in 1998, came back from that long cruciate ligament injury, a season for Man United where they 
surrendered the Premier League to Arsenal, Roy King would return for the treble and of his own admission took to loads of diets and, you know, tried to reform and out of the end of it, he got another eight years at Manchester United. So it just goes to show how the long layoff like that and sort of a cruciate ligament injury isn't a career-threatening injury, but it's like a career-changing injury, obviously, as is a fractured skull. So it gives a player like that time to sort of take stock and see where they are. Aaron Ramsey, broken leg at Stoke as well. You know, he's, he became one of the better midfielders in the league now at Juventus. You know, running the show at Juventus in uh, Andrea Perla's new flexible system. Um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, his cruciate ligament in damage um, injury in 2017 looked as though quite a, quite a few people were saying that he could have written him off, you know, an older player but he, at Manchester United at the time. But now he's still doing stuff for Milan. You know, <laughs> seems to have taken Raphael Leao under his uh, under his wing at the San Siro and still scoring goals today. So, and his Latin, so you know, <laughs> he can conquer anything. Gibril Cisse got a couple of broken legs a, a piece for Liverpool and France came back, and right at the top of that list, you know, Petacek because a skull injury. Obviously, in 2006, we didn't know as much of about head injuries as we do now. And to consider that he was probably at the top of his game before the injury, but he just went to new heights afterwards. You know, part of that defensively record-breaking Chelsea team have conceded 15 goals in a single season, which are just stupid numbers. I think only Milan of the 90s, Fabio Capello's Milan of the 90s, can beat that. And even that, we're in like a 34 30 game season so over 38 games only letting in 15 goals just phenomenal his record would be broken by Van der Sar I seem to recall for consecutive minutes with um, without conceding in his stretch in right up to before this injury and Van der Sar's stretch when United were European and English champions a couple of years later on but Chelsea then were far more defensively dominant than Manchester United were then and probably ever were in the Premier League history, really. We'll be ending today's show with the 2000s trivial teaser after this break. And we're back. Before we leave the comfortable inertia of the footballing world, we've got a trivial teaser for you. Shoutouts for guessing correct last week go to Keith Rull, Harry Holland and Matthew McDonald. And of course it was Robbie Savage. He was central midfielder, managed by Paul Jewell, Martin O'Neill, Ryan Giggs, Damien Duff, David Dunn, Emil Heskey and Paul Dickoff were his teammates. It had to be one man, wasn't it? I tried to throw a curveball in there with the class of 92 in Manchester United, but obviously Ryan Giggs, Wales as well. So... Our teaser question this week is another central midfielder. He's been managed by Jose Mourinho and Felix Magat. Some of his teammates, Michael Balak, Andrei Shevchenko, John Anarisa, Hugo Radulega and Fakayo Tamori. So there's a, a huge lifespan there from the likes of Shevchenko and Balak who obviously played in the 90s to Tamori who's just coming up now. Central midfielder, Jose Mourinho, Felix Magat, and a whole host of world-cast players, as well as Hugo Rodriguez. <laughs> so, if you know the answer, let me know on at whatif underscore YouTube on Twitter, or right below in the comments section. We'll be back next week with another teaser.
And also next week, we'll be looking at Middlesbrough's 2005-2006 UEFA Cup run with the likes of Viduka, Hasselbank. That fantastic comeback against Stour Bucharest, the fantastic comeback against Basel. We'll be talking about it all next week. And also we'll be looking back at another mid-table Premier League team and Charlton. And we'll be looking at Charlton's time in the Premier League under manager Alan Kerbishley. And then later on, Alan Pardew, Les Reed, etc, etc, before their relegation in 2007. Elsewhere on the channel this week, we'll be looking at the 1994 Champions League final between Barcelona and AC Milan, Juventus, Kaká, Deportivo, a tier list of the 2000s football managers, we'll be reviewing Road to World Cup 98, and again, our Twitter handle is at whatif underscore YouTube, come give us a teaser answer, let us know your memories about Petr Cech and Jimmy Bullard, and until next week, see you later. Podcast Network.